uh, joining us now to talk about a couple of columns recently. Diane, good morning. Welcome back. It's always good to, t- to hear your voice, and hopefully it's right about now. Yep, it sure is. Morning. <laughs> Welcome back. It's great to have you with us. Uh, You've written some great columns lately, and I want to talk about a few of them. Uh, Most recently, though, uh, I wanted to talk about the the whole China story, Diane. Your column was entitled, Trudeau's Inability to Stand Against China is a Stain on Canada. And your uh, subheader was, Canada's global reputation has been badly damaged by Trudeau's inappropriate kid glove treatment of China, and so is Canada's democracy, and that's the those are two dots I'd like to, to to connect. Our reputation, one can I can easily understand how our reputation has been damaged, but how in fact has our democracy been damaged by this strange, subservient relationship he seems to want to have with China? Well, um, I, I think that what was interesting to me was the. Um just a second here, I'm doing something, uh, was was the, uh, the fact that, well, it, it goes back to, to Michael's kidnapping mm-hmm. and, and all of that, where, you know, nothing has been done. Uh, the fact is that we have, um, you know, capitulated completely to China. China's broken contracts. It's abused us. It's bad-mouthed us. It's harassed some Canadian Chinese citizens who protest against what they're doing in Hong Kong. You've got the Uyghur uh, genocide going on. And, uh, you know, and then recently uh, the the scandal about the Wuhan lab, uh, Wuhan-Winnipeg lab connection in the COVID origin story. Um, Many of these things I've written up about before, but I want to point out to people there's a a terrific four-minute video that conservative leader Aaron O'Toole has done mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, litigates the, the Wuhan Winnipeg lab case in a way that's really, really important. And it ties in with the, with the democracy comment. Uh, basically, uh, you know, over this, questions have been raised. Obviously, dangerous pathogens were exchanged. The two Chinese scientists in Winnipeg were fired and no explanation given. And, right. you know, O'Toole points out that, uh, you know, Parliament has been shut down in terms of trying to get answers. Trudeau has, has uh, you know, obfuscated the, 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 the details and, uh, and shut out uh, the re- people's right to know. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's, uh, this is where he has gone uh, into the area of um, affecting our democracy by okay. shutting down conversation in Parliament. Right. And so, okay, so there's the threat to the democracy. Parliament, uh, which is a court all of its own, uh, is now being sued by the government of Canada because uh, it does not want to share information regarding the activity, suspicious activity. The, The more they don't want to share it, Diane, the more suspicious it becomes. Even for those of us who don't really have a lot of clue as to what it's all about, the more the government dances and obfuscates and tries to to sweep it under the rug, the more suspicious we should all become. Can we take a moment, please, and talk about the details of the uh, of Mr. O'Toole's uh, video and the, the 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 facts that the Parliament of Canada is trying to find and being uh, held back by the government? So, what happened in Winnipeg? 
Well, you know, it's it's very well, as I say, litigated by O'Toole, who was, of course, both in the military and a corporate lawyer. Right. So he's he's well positioned to to uh, do this, and it's available on Twitter. I guess you could get it. It's social media. It's very well done. It's only four mm-hmm. minutes, but basically, what he's saying is, you know. It's not only just the public's right to know. Now, the government is arguing that this is a matter of national security. Of it's alarming uh, because, you know, this was pathogens and so on sent to a lab, which is now the culprit in causing COVID. We know that. More or less, we know that. It's certainly a question hanging over its head. Here's the, here's the, here's the rub uh, that O'Toole points out, and that is, okay, national security is all very well and good, but you haven't even told us who hired these people. Mm-hmm. Who, who let them hire people from the Chinese military to be in the military lab, who gave them permission to send pathogens, who didn't discipline, who didn't have oversight. In other words, you know, it was the government's enabling of whatever happened in Winnipeg, which we know wasn't good because they were fired and it's mm-hmm. all hushed up. Right. That should be certainly addressed by the government but they're hiding behind the fact well you know it's a national security issue well if it was a national security issue why in the world were they there in the first place and shouldn't have been allowed to stay for many years and do many things so you know they can't get out of that it's a cover-up there's no question by trudeau and you know there's so many other questions that are very strange why haven't we banned how, how, why, you know, Huawei, why haven't we um, set, heard anything about what happened to, to Carmen Ortiz, who is a, uh, the master spy in charge of all espionage and intelligence at the RCMP, who's still in jail after three years because he was likely a spy for China? We haven't mm-hmm. heard anything about that. Right. And so the Five Eyes, who are the other military intelligence uh, partners of ally, uh, allies of Canada are are looking askance at Canada, are very concerned. And, and I've got to believe that we have been denied the right to access and conversations with our military intelligence partners because of our bad behavior. Interesting. Now, do you think, uh, by the way, I need to take a break for the news, but just before we go, and, and please stick around because i got a whole lot more for you. But do you think, uh, Diane, we're so busy counting the money we've been promised that, of course, we don't have, uh, that we don't care about these uh, these international issues when it comes to who we vote for in the very soon upcoming election? Well, I, I we'll see. Uh, we'll see. I think it's very important. Uh, O'Connell is, is getting out, and he's, he's trying to be forceful. Now, also remember, one of the big problems to our democracy in Canada is that we have newspapers uh and we have a cbc that absolutely protects the liberal party that does not expose things that is not doing investigative journalism that is not doing accountability journalism and giving them a free pass on many of these topics and Mm -hmm. that is a concern because as we go to the polls we're going to turn to media for some information as to what what has been going on, and yes, people are busy. We've had COVID, a lot of you know difficulties for people. Mm. But you know, we have a responsibility to find out information. And you know what? Just Google, just Google my columns or Erno Tools video right. or the topic in general, the Wuhan laboratory in Winnipeg. 
that is something that people should see. Uh, Diane, we were talking about uh, before the news break about the video put out. Uh, you can Google it. Anyone can find it. It's a, a nifty little Google uh, video put out by Aaron O'Toole, the leader of the opposition. You know what? This is a part that boggles the mind. Aaron O'Toole, Diane, is younger than Justin Trudeau. And yet when you look at him and ask any typical Canadian voter uh, who is the younger of the two, uh, Mr. Trudeau wins the race uh, hands down every time. Uh, O'Toole has some image work, don't you think, needed? Well, uh, if you want to elect a teenager to prime minister, sure. <laughs> um, look, that's not look, what I meant, and you know it. Well, I think you know, Sterling. I think that's an ageist, ageism comment. Um, look, Mr. O'Toole doesn't get a fair shake on the CBC or in the Globe and Mail or the Toronto Star and many of the other major media because he's because he's not a, a liberal. Mm-hmm. Trudeau's all over the place constantly. Mm-hmm. He just all he has to do is grow a beard is, and he gets a spot on the CBC. So, you know, what you've got is you've got a prime minister who had no credentials going into the job. And now you have a man who's challenging him from the Tory party who was in the military as a helicopter uh, navigator for a mm-hmm. number of years. Then he became a corporate attorney, no small feat. And right. was on Bay Street with large clientele in courts and so on. This is a man of, of a lot with a lot of credentials and expertise and experience that is pertinent to a big job like running a country. Uh, right. So what we have is we have a, a youthful, shall we say, Mr. Trudeau, who's there because of his dad's name and got there because of his dad's name, who is running a cabinet that's full of amateurs who have no business experience to speak of and certainly not even domain experience in the in the portfolios they're in charge of we have a health minister who was a graphic artist we have a procurement minister who was a law minister i can go on and on the Mm -hmm. list is very depressing so you know what do you want do you want a guy that looks good on a magazine cover because Mm -hmm. he's he looks 20 years younger than his age or do you want someone who looks his age and acts his age and has experience to boot that, that's, to me, the decision. Uh, the other parties don't much matter because it'll boil down to Tories versus Liberals. Sure. And, you know, I think that uh, your comment's funny, but, you know, it is a problem. And it's not a problem, shouldn't be a problem for O'Toole, and I think Canadian voters are smarter than that. Uh, the problem, of course, is compounded by the fact that the prime minister has had absolute unfettered access to the public airwaves for well over a year uh, whenever he wants. And as long as he wants, no questions, please. One one question, one follow up. Next question. A very tightly controlled environment in which he is the star and which uh, in which no tough questions ever get asked. Uh, very difficult to compete on an exposure level, Diane, with that. And that's part of the problem with O'Toole. He doesn't have the recognition factor, no matter what his age or appearance. There are very few Canadians that uh, would would actually go up to him on a street, shake his hand and go, nice to meet you. They don't know even who he is, let alone what he stands for. And, And that's not necessarily his problem as much as it is his party's problem. And I think they've got a lot of work to do and they're going to have to spend a lot of money to play catch-up ball, don't you think? Well, yeah, and the other problem is they have to bypass the media, which which purposely keeps him out. And that, that, is, a, that is a threat to our democracy. 
the liberal tainted media in Canada. It's it's gotten worse as time has gone on. It's always been there, but it's gotten worse. So that's why his social media four minute clip, I hope, is one of many because he executes it very well. Mm-hmm. And he makes compelling arguments, he's articulate, and he's poised and dignified. And so, you know, that's the kind of thing they're going to have to do. And that's just, it's going to have to be that way. He's only been leader, I think, for, what, less than a year. Uh, right. The other the other problem, of course, is that, uh, you know, the Trudeau, Trudeau has made his little, little, you know, cameo appearances on CBC, uh, you know, as Mr. COVID fighter. But let, let's not forget, and I've run a series of columns about this, this gambit to dose delay. I mean, we are, we are, we are only now, uh, six months later, catching up to the Americans in terms mm-hmm. of shots given. And in terms, and, and during that duration, people who were vulnerable, people who had, had cancer, people with diabetes, those people were asked to, to, to wait four months for their second dose, which many studies in Europe, which I reproduced, showed was endangering. And so the lockdown lasted longer. That meant more trillions of dollars had to be spent on propping mm. up the economy. And that's all because he uh, Trudeau completely bungled the procurement of vaccines. Instead of coming out of the gate quickly uh, in January and Feb, when, when the United States was coming out of the gate to inoculate people, he had mishandled the procurement. We mm-hmm. were waiting and waiting and waiting. So that I don't, I, I would think that Canadians all know about that because it was the talk of the town and everybody was concerned about it. But the underlying cost of that to the economy and to the taxpayer is mind boggling. Diane, what do you think are going to be the primary election issues? Because the Liberals, given the opportunity, the federal government, given the opportunity to shape and identify the issues, it'll be very different from what certainly the opposition wants. And think, I think to a certain extent what some voters want. What do you think voters want versus what do you think we're going to get in terms of, of election offerings? Well, I'm told that Trudeau thinks he's going to be able to campaign successfully on how he uh, how he uh, behaved as a leader during the COVID crisis, despite mm-hmm. the procurement fiasco. He's actually going to uh, count on a user on the part of Canadians, who, by the way, have been propped up financially to a greater extent than other countries have been. So mm-hmm. he's bought votes, given pe- a lot of people a nice long rest without anxiety. And while, while he botched up the procurement, which endangered some of us, and he's going to claim that this was a magnificent success, and and therefore he should be reelected again. That's what I'm told that he's going to be uh, campaigning on. He certainly okay. can't campaign campaign on foreign policy. What about finances and the fact that in the last, uh, say, 18 months, the government of Canada has spent more money than the previous 153 and a half years? Well, it was an emergency, but the really important comparison, and he'll say it was an emergency. Of course, he made the emergency worse by delaying, by botching the procurement process. Uh, But that's number one. Number two is if you compare what he spent on, on, uh, you know, COVID relief uh, to other G7 countries, it's, it's disgraceful. He just went way over the top because that's what they do. This is a tax and spend party. That's all they've ever done, and that's their success. 
unfortunately. Well, so it's time to get grown-ups in there who know how to uh, who know who know how to control and discipline the government spending. Okay, uh, uh, and I, I'm not going to argue that point with you, but Diane, you and I have been around the block a couple of times on this one. Canadians have a, a long and fairly colorful history of voting for the party that promises them the most free stuff. Now, it's not perhaps the most uh, uh, credible voting history, but it's certainly identifiable. Are we going to continue that pattern this time? Well, uh, yes and no. I'm not sure I agree. I think Canadians are smart. Here's the problem. Voter turnout. Uh, Trudeau got a very small percentage of the popular vote, I think in the low 30s, in his last electoral victory. And, you know, benefited from the fact that the Liberals have gerrymandered the seats in Parliament so that they have 14 more seats in Quebec and the Maritimes than they should have. Um, But that aside, which is a big problem but would take years to deal with, uh, because it, it has to have parliamentary approval. He got something like 32, 30% of the popular vote. Considering that the popular vote was, the turnout was as low as it was, and my recollection is 65%, that means he got only 20-odd percent of Canadians voting for him. Right. And so, you know, that is an abrogation of responsibility. To me, every Canadian should get out and vote. Uh, and and notably, uh, you know, those over the age of 40 who pay the government's bills because they usually get it and vote Tory. So that's what has to happen. The turnout has to be higher on the part of those who are concerned about having, you know, a teenage prime minister who doesn't know what he's doing often running us again for another, you know, two or three, four years. And they've got to get out and vote. And, and that's the way it is. Uh, and, you know, if not, you know, it's a democracy and Canadians will get the government they deserve. Hi, it's Shauna. And I might be a bad parent because my kids think French fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan. And I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone. Like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.